0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. 51551 is our text number, as always. On Saturday the 8th of April uh, this year. On the River Liffey, two men unfortunately had drowned. And uh, for various reasons, this did not make the national media. Um, there was other things happening in the world at that time that did, and the drowning of two men did not feature. But on the 24th of April, we were told about the deaths of these two men and uh, we announced it on Liveline and we were contacted by a number of people. Uh, the man who drowned was James Nicholl. The other man who drowned, his family do not wish his name uh, to be published, which is understandable. But James Nicholl basically uh, came across this young man who had gone into the river and he uh, jumped in immediately to try and rescue him. And unfortunately, both men uh, died. But today, um, the heroism of James Nicholl is being recognised. And in fact, he's receiving a gold medal in the National Bravery Award, something that is very, very rarely, uh, rarely awarded. And uh, James Nicholl's sister is on the line, uh, Deborah, Deborah Nicholl Walsh. Deborah, it must be a day of mixed emotions. Absolutely. It's um, a day of pride, mixed emotions. Yeah. Well, tell yeah. us, take your time, and tell us, tell us a little bit about James, your brother. James uh, was a 41-year-old man that unfortunately for 20, the last 20 years of his life was in addiction. Yeah. Um, but a wonderful, wonderful young man. He was such a kind person. He had his crosses to bear and he dealt with them as best he could. But he was a kind, caring young man. Very funny. Yeah. Very intelligent man. He'd light up a room. No matter what room yeah. he'd go into, he'd light it up. He was wonderful. And this, the, the sequence of events was a friend who was walking with the first young man that went into the river, uh, unfortunately, um, he starts shouting for help because he yeah. couldn't swim. And he shouted uh, uh, on the Hackney Bridge there, near Grattan Bridge, more closer, and the Millennium Bridge. He shouted, "Does anyone? can anyone help? And your James stepped forward and said, I am ex-army, I will get him which James was ex-army, in fact, and yeah. he, he went into the river. When did you... The, 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 it didn't actually make national news until three weeks, until the 24th of April, uh, yeah. uh, unfortunately. When did you find out that James had drowned? Um, the early hours of the Saturday morning. Yeah. So we were told around half seven okay. the following morning. Well, the 8th uh, yeah. of April. And what was your initial... Were you told the circumstances of it, Deborah? Yeah. I wasn't told the full circumstances, but I was told that he had lost his life um, in a drowning in the Liffey. That's what I was told. Yeah. We didn't know the full circumstances, yeah. obviously, at that stage. But that's... The Gardaí had contacted my dad in the middle of the night, and my dad then contacted us. So. And, and when we mentioned it on live and it was the, the that friend of that young man who unfortunately went into the river first. It was the, it was that man who shouted, uh, "Help! Help! Can anyone swim?" And he told us of the bravery. He told us that James used those exact words: "I'm ex-army. I will get him." And he went into the river to try and save the young man uh, in yeah. distress. So that they were the circumstances, and that's why today. Um, as I say, James Nicholl is, is the only person receiving this gold medal award and a certificate of bravery. When we mentioned on the programme that day, uh, the, the young man who was with uh, the unfortunate victim, the chap who, who went into the river, he, his name was Johnny, by the way, he contacted us and he said, I am, I am the man that was with the, my pal who died and I shouted help help and when James came over to me uh, I said are you are you okay to and he said yes I'm ex-army I can swim I will get him and he went into the Liffey but that was unfortunately um, the the uh, 
the end of James James's short, relatively short life. I, I was there on the night. Jimmy actually oh. answered my screams for help. And oh, as far as I'm aware, I was the last person to speak to Jimmy. For me, it was a moment of real surrealness and what was going on and, and asking for help and a complete stranger passing by and then with his partner as well to not even think twice and just go ahead. And that was Jimmy's, Jimmy's reaction. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what, what does today mean to the family of James Nicholl? So much. Um, because we're, we're proud of James. We're so proud of James yeah. anyways. Um, and he was very brave to do what he did. Because yeah. um, I don't know if I would ever yeah, do yeah. what James did. But James, I think, himself felt when he was alive that maybe nobody cared, nobody saw he was somebody that wouldn't be seen. Yeah. But now he's remembered in such a beautiful, fond, proud way. And and it's, it's just a wonderful, a wonderful story to talk about when we're in our older years and... Yeah. How wonderful of a young man he was, even though he had his his crosses yeah. to bear. He bore them as best he could. And as as you know, Deborah, we subsequently got different. Uh, and by the way, all all agreeing that from different people who knew James, um, from Archbishop Dermot Martin, who told me subsequently uh, that he knew James from Dermot used to ramble around town and he made friends with with your James believe it or not and he, oh he said he was listening on that day and he suddenly realised James had passed and then we had a number of other people uh, talking about him and uh, he was well known around the city centre and then we actually had a recording of his voice because he was interviewed uh, a, f- a few months uh, previously about his life and he was he was searingly honest and yeah. even in that in those words you could hear uh, his humanity. I enjoy, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy... I just enjoy talking, mingling with people and all, talking to people. And, like, I know a lot of people around the area from being around the area, begging my thoughts. Yes. It's all... It's, there's a therapeutic side to it, if you ask me. Um, how many of the family will, will, are, will attend the ceremony, Deborah? Um, it's my mum and my dad and my sister Carol. Oh. oh God! And myself. So James, James's parents will be there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it is. It is a, an, an incredible occasion. It is a state, and you know the the uh, the panel that that uh, goes through all denominations uh, consists of the Count Corla, the uh, Garda Commissioner, uh, Chief Fire Officer, Lord Mayor of Dublin, and other luminaries. So it is. Um, it is a very, very serious process and it is a very, very, very prestigious award, the gold medal. And uh, for James to get it, um, I hope, I hope will bring the family some comfort. As well. I can yeah. tell you as well. And I thank you and your show and your staff and everybody that nominated James. We sincerely appreciate it as a family. We really do. Yeah. Well, I, uh, as I say, when we when we heard the the full story and the fact that it hadn't been reported in the newspapers, this incredible act of heroism, uh, I think a lot of people uh, felt that they should write to, as I did, and loads of other people did to these bravery awards, saying, "Please listen to the story of this incredible young man, James Nickel. God rest him, uh, Deborah. Uh, condolences you. to you, and especially I'm thinking of your parents. And uh, this afternoon, I know the ceremony is going to begin in a few minutes. Uh, yeah. This afternoon, um, I hope you will uh, take comfort in the fact that it's been uh, so uh, recognised, so well recognised. As I say, the gold award is given out. I worked out once every eight years. Um, yeah. He's been recognised by the state, by the state of Ireland. Uh, a great, great Irish citizen, James Nicholl. God rest him. Thank you very much, Joe. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at rt.ie. As you would have heard yesterday, uh, Sabita Higgins, uh, wife of President uh, Michael D. Higgins, uh, issued a statement saying, I would like to express my sincere thanks 
to the medical staff who provided me with such expert expert care of my treatment uh, for uh, breast cancer. And she was calling on all women to be aware uh, of the symptoms and to seek checks as regularly as possible. And she did say uh, in the statement, 36% of women diagnosed with breast cancer in Ireland are over the age of 70. And she acknowledged while breast check screening runs for women up to the age of 69, I would urge all women over the age of 70 to have the vital importance of continuing to look for any potential uh, symptoms. And we wish uh, Sabina Higgins uh, every, every, every good uh, thing at this time. And, and um, the statement uh, gives the, the impression that she is um, she's dealing with things as uh, robustly and as uh, well as she always does. Uh, now, Mary, Mary, good afternoon. Hi there, Joe. How are you? You pointed out to us about this exact point which uh, Mrs Higgins made. About Absolutely. Which, which I think came as a surprise to a lot of people that free, the breast screening stops at, at 70. What happens after that? That I don't know because I, when I heard the statement yesterday, it really resonated with me because the, the free breast check is an absolutely wonderful service with a mobile vehicle yeah. brought to locations and you can access it quite easily. And I've done so all my life. And then my last checkup, I thought, I asked the question, does this finish at a particular point in time? And mm-hmm. I realised the cliff edge was 69, which is a cliff edge that would be looming for me shortly. And I thought... All right, does the risk completely diminish after 69 or is there a scientific reason for it that has proved in science that there's no risk? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned a statistic there of 30 percent of women get it over the age of 70. But also then it's similar for the cervical smear test. That's for people between 25 and 65. And then it stops. So it has been uh, a thought I've had and a question I've had Mm -hmm. to which I can get no answer. Does the age cut off mean that there is no risk after the age? That's the first thing. Or, uh, which a more alarming thought is, perhaps is it not worth spending money on older women as we may have passed the age of, inverted commas, passed the age of usefulness? So what, sorry, Mary, what, you know what happens once you, on the day of your 70th birthday and beyond, as far as breast, well, where do you go? How much do you pay? By the way, five one double five one. If people want to let us know, where, what, what, what is the procedure, the protocol, the waiting list um, after that, you after yeah. your seventieth birthday? That, as the average citizen, that I don't know. It'll be something that I will find out about. I may be wrong on this, but I would imagine one would have to go to more centralised services. That uh, I know there's one located somewhere near the Matter Hospital. And if one has to go to more centralised service and you're older, uh, say your finances are, are diminished as you're on a reduced income at that stage, travel to locations in a more centralised place where parking is a problem and your mobility is an issue, that becomes a problem. And then, you know, if something is diagnosed at a much older age mm-hmm. and one is hospitalised, the cost then to the system is greater. So would it not be better to have a more proactive, preventative approach and look after women's health as they age rather than leaving it to chance? And uh, I don't know what science is behind this, but is there science or is there not? Well, well, the science science is... Is contra is being contradicted by that age uh, mm-hmm. a, a barricade. Thirty six percent of women diagnosed with breast cancer in Ireland are, are over the age of seventy. Over the age of seventy, you can't get bre- free breast check screening in Ireland. Yeah, so to be in your own hands to work out where to go, what to do, and to and for those who are able to pay for it, that's fine. But there are people who are less able, or who we prevent to afford them to take that that approach. And we contacted that the HSE and they mm-hmm. they sent us in what we already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Breast check offers free breast screening to women aged 50 to 69 every two years. And we said, well, why does it stop at 69? Um, they said yeah. they're looking into it. Okay, yeah, that's well, maybe, the maybe in fairness, in fairness, uh, Sabina Higgins, Mrs. Higgins, uh, highlighting of this might actually um, move it forward because it seems a total anomaly. Total anomaly. It it does. It goes against it goes against logic. Or my mm-hmm. my unpleasant thought was: Are we not useful? Are we seen past the age of our usefulness and take your chances thereafter? And I also I take I, 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 I take your point about it. For an older person to be in hospital, it costs more. But but also, 
for we don't want we don't want older people in hospital. They should be cherished. They should be in their home. They shouldn't be unwell. I know these things happen. So why aren't they being screened uh, freely as part of the as part of the scheme? Yeah, I was very surprised because I had only looked into this as I was getting my last checkup. I, I think I was checking up to see was the service still available after COVID. That was it. And when I got my appointment, I was checking up details. And I thought, this surely can't be right. Perhaps it's very old information that hasn't been updated. So I did ask the nurse and she said, no, no, that's the age. And she, like that, had no idea as to why it, was, it, it didn't extend mm-hmm. beyond that. Okay. Well, so again, I'm well, well, you, you, you raised mm. it. You, you pointed it out to us. Thank you so much. And uh, also, as I say, we are, um, we are, we are uh, anxious to hear from uh, women over seventy or anyone else that can inform us what happens, what happens thereafter. to women over uh, thereafter. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and grateful that Sabina Higgins did mention it because yeah. she'd be a wonderful advocate for people. Yeah, and she has, uh, she has who, been a wonderful advocate for women for many, many years, long before. Uh, the nukes on in fairness to her so so I I know you join me in, in wishing you well but uh, the, uh, the point that Sabina made as well I don't know about you but yesterday I met another uh, friend of mine I hadn't seen in a few months and um, she told me she'd been diagnosed uh, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. breast cancer so Joy we're thinking of you as well and um, and I, I think every week someone someone uh, someone hears something. So we wish we wish them well, and we continue to ask the question. And Mary, you've kicked you you've added your name to. I, 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 in fairness, the president's wife is is uh, not allowed to run a campaign in that sense. But you've she's highlighted it, and you've said you want answers, and hopefully we will get them. Mary, good evening, Mark. Joe at RT. Ye. Good Mark. Joe at RT. Ye. After the break, um, I'd be talking to another hero, and we have, we already had Ben on this week, the five-year-old who saved his mother's life. He was brilliant. But about five years ago, we were doing, as we do from time to time, random acts of kindness on Liveline, and that turned into acts of bravery and what people did and whether it was acknowledged or not. And we were contacted by a man called Fred Corcoran. And Fred, as you'll hear after the break, 1947, he jumped into the daughter uh, to save uh, young, and he was actually ringing us up to, to try and the, the the child was saved by him. She survived, but he wondered uh, what had happened to her. And uh, Fred has also has got a silver medal. You heard the family of James Nickel earlier. He got a gold uh, medal. Uh, they're being uh, awarded as we speak. But we were talking to Fred Corcoran about his act of heroism and how he waited. Patiently. 76 years for it to be acknowledged. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Back to the National Bravery Awards and another uh, award today, this time of a, a silver medal. Again, extraordinary prestigious uh, for bravery to a man called Fred Corcoran. Now, avid listeners to Liveline will remember that about five years ago when we were talking about random acts of kindness and bravery, Fred Cochran contacted us about a rescue he carried out when he was 15 years of age in 1947, believe it or not. Uh, Orla Debris, the well-known uh, sculptor, is uh, Fred's daughter. And uh, you contacted us about a year ago, Orla, looking for the tape of your father talking on Liveline. Why? Uh Hi Joe. Um, basically, I had nominated Dad for the Bravery Award, okay. and then um, I thought when the, one of the things that stuck in his mind was that he never knew what happened to the girl. Okay. So we kind of thought if he talked to you, that might uncover, um, mm-hmm. you know, what happened to her. Was she still alive, or you know, some okay. relations might know. So that was kind of the thinking behind it. And then you use because your father spoke you, that that recording, and he's still with us. Thankfully, we with us in a sec. Hopefully, yeah. Um, yeah. The, you you sent that recording into the National Bravery Awards as That's what right. as yeah. proof as proof. Yeah, that exactly. this had happened. Yeah, there was also a little um, article in the paper at the time, so we had to send that in and just a few other things, and um, and then they they emailed Dad and 
said he was getting a silver medal. And him, well, is he there beside you? Will you let him? Will you let him? Will you let him? Will you let him get a world in Edgeways, Ireland? Yeah, please, yeah. please. I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, well he tells the story better than me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's Thanks. great to friend. talk to you again. And by the way, all of the debris designed that wonderful piece in the grounds of. RTE here in memory of uh, the legendary Marion Finucane as well as significant other public works. Fred, are you there, Fred? Okay. Here he comes. Hello, Joe. Fred, how are you? Not too bad. I think we spoke many years ago, you and I. (laughs) 1947. You were 15. What happened, Fred? Well, I tell you, I was... uh, I was doing my exams in the College of Technology at Pembroke down at Riggs End. Okay. And I lived in Sandymount. And uh, I remember my mother saying to me, now look, Fred, I'm giving you your new suit today for your exams. Okay. And under no circumstances get any ink on it. So I was very, very careful during the exams and I made sure I got no ink on it, you know. Good man. <laughs> and, uh, so it was spots was coming out and... Uh, then coming home, I was with about six or seven other students who we were all discussing how we did in the yeah, various papers. Yeah. You know, the usual yeah. thing after an exam. And there was a certain amount of excitement in the air and so on. And uh, suddenly I became aware of um, a crowd of screaming women ahead of me at the Dutter Bridge there, at London Bridge Road. Yeah. And uh, I knew there was something badly wrong, so... I kind of rushed forward uh, from the group. I was in a group of about 10 or so other students, you know, and I rushed forward and uh, through the women, I could see uh, a little hand sticking up out of the water. It was a full wow. spring tide. And uh, I saw this blonde hair floating on the water as well, you know. Yeah. So uh, I climbed the railings. There was there's a wall there now, but at the time there was a kind of a three-bar railings, you know. And I climbed up on top of that and uh, I either dived or jumped, I can't remember, uh, which in hindsight was very lucky because it took me out from the edge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I swam over and uh, grabbed her little wrist and pulled her up out of the water and swam back again. And uh, I, when I got to the edge, uh, it was still very deep. So I, I found a rock or something I was standing mm-hmm. on. And uh, there was a guy lowered by his ankles. He was held by his ankles and he stretched out his arms. Wow. And I was standing on this rock and I, I handed the girl up to him, you know. Oh, incredible. And, and somehow or another, an ambulance had arrived. Yeah. Now, we, we'd no mobile phones, so I don't know how they called the ambulance. But okay. anyway, uh, I, all I could see was an orange light rotating from my position in the water, you know. Yeah. The water was still up to my chin there. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I... Uh, I was forgotten about in the excitement and uh, eventually somebody, I heard somebody say, what about the fellow who pulled her out, you know? Yeah. And so, geez, yeah, you know, so uh, again, there was a guy lowered down by his, uh, held by his ankles and oh, he God. stretched out to me and he gripped my wrists and I gripped his and uh, I was pulled out of the water and uh, to this day, I remember the, the weight of the suit Oh. Uh, you know, full of water. Oh. There was water pouring out of all my pockets and everything. And Your mother. My shoes were squelching. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at that age, I was more embarrassed than anything else, you know, with the crowd around and all the rest of it. So well, you told, you, you, you told the story. It's an incredible story on Liveland a number of years ago because you were trying to find out what happened to Gail. Obviously, she's, right, obviously yeah. she survived. Um, and were you able to answer that question? Yeah, they, 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 well, I, I never got an answer to it. I don't know to yeah. this day who she was. or I know she was from somewhere in Tritonville Road area. Yeah, near the daughter, yeah. But yeah, she survived yeah. anyway. Now, do, do, do you know, this? the year is 1947, listeners, and um, do you know what you were standing on as you as you were marooned uh, 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 in the daughter? In 1947. I do, yeah. Well, tell this. Yeah. Tell this. Well, there was an air raid shelter there. Yeah. This was in 1947, so it wasn't too long after the end of the last war, you know. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, they they had air raid shelters all over Dublin at the time. Thanks to God, we never had to use them. Yeah. But um, they had demolished this air raid shelter 
and uh, there was reinf- it was made from reinforced concrete. Yes, yes. So when they demolished it, they weren't too careful about what they dumped into the other. And uh, the, all these big lumps of concrete with iron bars sticking up out of them. It was like a pin cushion under the surface yeah. of the water. And that's what you were and, standing uh, on, you discovered. The, the, the submerged debris of an old wartime air raid shelter. In the centre of Dublin, right. on the in the in the river, the river daughter. Now, That's how right. when you decided to jump in, Fred? You're only fifteen. How competent a swimmer were you? Well, I'd never done anything uh, with life saving. I'd never uh, mm-hmm. been trained in life saving. I used to go swimming out at Sea Point and in okay. the daughter up at the, at the place called the Spar. It was up in Balls Bridge. And uh, there was a deep pool up there. We used to dive off the wall up there. Opposite, okay. I think it was Johnson Mooney's. Uh, was up oh, there. No, at the yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we used to dive into this pool, and we'd swim at Sea Point or Sandy Mount Tower or wherever, wherever we could get water, you know. And how long and, did uh, it? How long did it take you to decide? You heard all the screaming. Obviously, nobody was competent enough to go in, and rightly so. If you can't swim, don't go in. Um, you you arrived over. How long did it take you to make the decision to jump? Oh, it was a split second decision. Wow. I did instantly. I, uh, you know, I mean, you couldn't stand by and see somebody drown if you were able to do something about it. You know. Yeah, of course. Okay, and you uh, did, and you did, and you were used to jumping into cold water as well. That's the other thing, I presume. Not in, not in the suit. Well, not, not, not in my clothes. Now. I was going to say that. Not in that beautiful, <laughs> that beautiful suit your mother sent you out in that with, with with the warning. You you come back if you come back with ink on that suit. You came. By the way, what was the reaction when you when this sopping wet, uh, like a drenched cat <laughs> arrived at the hall door? Well, when she opened the hall door, I remember her exact words. She said, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, Fred, what have you done to your suit? Brilliant. <laughs> before I could actually open my mouth, yeah. and I was only in the hall door when a knock came behind me, and it was a neighbour, and she was one of these neighbours that you didn't approach. She was kind of, you know, um, yeah. uh, 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 to me, an old lady. You know, she was probably middle-aged, I don't know, but... She came in and uh, I remember her exact words. She said, Mrs. Corcoran, you should be proud of your ah. young son for what he did, you know. And ah. uh, she starts to explain. So all was forgiven about the suit then, you know. And, okay. uh, and did it was it, a total write-off. Uh, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> and and did did it make the national news? Did it make the national newspapers? Your heroism. Uh, well, I have a cutting to this day, uh, which is old and faded and barely discernible. Uh, but I put it into a frame, or my mother did, or somebody okay, did. Yeah. And uh, luckily enough, I have it preserved at home to this day. Right. And uh, I can't read it myself, but uh, somebody with better eyesight could okay. do, you know. Now, now Fred, uh, it's taken 76 years for you to be honoured by the state. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it worth the wait? Well, <laughs> i let you know that on the day when I, when I get the medal. Because you're, get, you're getting a silver medal again, which is an, a, a really prestigious and rare uh, commendation to get for your bravery for 15, yeah, 15 was, year old I, I boy. Was looking at that, there was only, I think, of the, uh, I think what, uh, 15 or 16 of these medals awarded over the past so many years. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I do feel very honoured to, to uh, be receiving it. You know, Okay. And uh, it, it does uh, bring back that day uh, vividly to my mind now, you know, okay. it, it's resurrected the whole thing. And uh, the, the, the Count Carter, Sean yeah. O'Farrell, who's uh, the driving force behind these and leads all the uh, the meetings, um, will we'll present it to you. Um, will, you, will you have, I don't know how many you're allowed, bring, are you, will you have many of your family there, Fred? I know Orla, Orla well, will be there. I have Orla and Roland and Derek here with me now oh, at the great. moment. Okay, okay. And, uh, well, it's great. So I know it took 73 three years. You're in your, <laughs> I worked out, you're in your early 90s. I'm 92 now, yeah. Do you still swim? Uh, well, I would uh, if the occasion arose, but I haven't been swimming now for the past few years, you know. Okay. But, 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 you, uh, would you be well able to get into a swimming pool? 
If, I if, would indeed, yes. yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So yeah. what, is, what is the yeah. secret? Was it the daughter water that you swallowed that day that kept you alive for, for a many, <laughs> and by the sound of you, many more years to come? Do you recommend the daughter water, Fred? Well, I tell you, <laughs> I, I don't know about now, but it was fairly polluted in those days. Oh, it's good probably look. clear now, you know. And how but, were you? Um, how, so then, how were you afterwards? Did you have any stomach cramps, or did you? Did no, you, I was. Uh, I was actually fine, but then, uh, okay. you know, at that age, uh, you can take on the world, and nothing will disturb you. You know, so yeah. It, yeah. it was. Uh, I I thought nothing of it to be honest with I know, you. I know, I know. I thought it was just something you had to do. You you, you couldn't stand uh, by and mm-hmm. see somebody drown if you were able to do anything about it. You know. And what what bravery the, never entered into it in yeah. my mind, and still hasn't to this day. Okay. It's just something you had to do. You know. Well, you're nearly okay. you're not you're many more years ago, but you you're nearly as old as the state, and it's great that the state is recognising your. Uh, uh, act of bravery on that uh, particular day back in uh, July 1947 at the Dodder River there, London Bridge Road. People now, a lot of people know it now because it's right close, it's very close to the Aviva uh, Stadium. So, uh, Fred, yeah. well, what's the plan for the afters with your family? Is there is there a little meal planned or a little celebration or... Well, we're or, out here in, in family at the moment and uh, we're going for a meal uh, and Derek is here, uh, my son, my two daughters, uh, Rona and Orla. And uh, what's this? Party for all family. Oh, we're having a party. Oh, we're having a party. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, Fred. That's, that's a, I'm that's as surprised a, as you are. I'm say, sorry, sorry for letting the cat out of the bag. Fred, final, <laughs> final question. How did you do yeah. on the exam? In the exam, well, I got all my exams. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, but the exams it took second place, uh, you know, with all the excitement and yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, the publicity and so on of the event itself. And uh, I was more embarrassed at 15 years of age. You can imagine, know, you know, all that publicity. Your you're yeah, yeah, and you're, you're tipping over your feet at yeah, that stage, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and what, as the fellow said, Fred, what did you grow up to be? What's I grow up to be? Well, <laughs> I, let, I, I let history tell you that, but uh, I became the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, joined the ESB yeah. as a young electrical apprentice and uh, served for time as an electrician and then graduated into marketing and became head of marketing services uh, and retirement. And, uh, well done. So... Well it done. was a long trip and I had a, a big staff underneath you know so oh good man good Just, man uh, and Fred Fre- Fred is there I know Orla is a, a, an internationally recognised um, yeah. sculptor is there other artists in your family well they're all artists in their own way I know. Uh, you know they've all got their own little uh, 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 I suppose uh, what would you call them the advantages there so, yeah they, yeah but I'm thinking back to your parents, your grandparents. Was there any uh, artistic, I know it was a different time, artistic endeavours there? Well, my father uh, used to do sketching. Ah. He was a cartoonist. Oh, was he? Okay. And, uh, and uh, Orla is uh, an artist as well. Yeah, as right. well. yeah, yeah very much so. Okay, and, Fre- uh, Fred, Fred, enjoy the day. It's been okay. it's been a long Thanks time. It's been a long time coming, and yeah, you've you've, you've exhibited great patience. Seventy three years. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I'll be able to I'll be able to go around now saying, "Do you want to see me medal?" You want to see me medal, and it's, it's not it's not me miraculous medal from me communion. It's a it's a medal from the, the miraculous medal. <laughs> I'm getting the medal from the from the Irish government for bravery when I was. Fifteen years of age. Really joking aside, I do really appreciate it. I know, you it. Do. I know especially you do. after all these years. You okay. know, it's, it's 
I'm, I'm proud really to receive it on, on behalf of my family and myself you know okay and I know it's going to be as in every other year it's going to be a very dignified ceremony up in family with all the luminaries there but the the people there today are the likes of yourself uh, well, we'll I'm, I'm here in the library up here now, yeah. and it's uh, it's very imposing altogether, you know. And then we remember, already, so. uh, Fred, we also remember people today who are getting uh, medals and who perished in their rescue attempt, and I'm thinking exactly, especially, exactly, thinking yeah, especially of, of James, James Nicholl. Yeah. Yeah. God, God bless yeah. you, Fred. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon, and remember, the only time you're going to put your hand in your pocket this evening is to take out that gold medal, uh, that silver medal, to show it to your friends. Well. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Good luck, Fred. Good. Congratulations. Thanks, well God done. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks Congratulations. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT Paul Kenny. Paul, good afternoon. Back to uh, Heroes. You want to remember your father? Yes. Um, well, uh, anytime I hear sort of delivery rescue or whatever, yeah. I, I find that. Uh, I think back to uh, my father who took okay. a, a child out of Liffey in 1950. And I always meant to, and what, what, what I, I, I think about it really are mm-hmm. the, the people that he, he uh, took out or that was involved in that rescue, you know. Uh, it was a Michael Hand and I'm, he was 11. Okay. And I'm just thinking to myself, I often think, would he still be alive? So you're looking so, for an 84-year-old Michael Hand? More or less. Who well, was rescued, people, it was rescued yeah. from the River Liffey on the 7th of August 1950 That's by, right, yeah. by your father, yeah. Thomas. Well, yeah, there was a picture in the, in the Irish press on Tuesday, the 8th, August the 8th. And my father is in the picture with a, a child under his arm wow. being assisted out of the Liffey. Now, as it turned out, I, I, I sort of... I knew about that, and uh, then I later years I thought, uh, how did this Michael Hand get on? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I sort of my my aunt, who was a Bally Farmer woman, I guess, I've, or not woman. Yeah, uh, She sent me the pictures. She sent me the pictures and okay. other things, and it turned out that I think the report on the Tuesday, the August the eighth, is a. Uh, is a sort of a mix, mix-up, you know. Mm. Uh, and now that I look at it, I'm thinking to myself, what child is under my father's arm? But he's certainly taken them out of the Liffey, you know. Because Michael Hand fell in and somebody else went to, attempted to mm-hmm. save him and got into difficulty, then somebody else jumped in <laughs> and tried to save them. But at the end of the day, uh, it seems that the reporter sort of maybe got it wrong or whatever. Okay, these things happen. But, but Paul, what, what age was your father when he saved Michael Hand from the Liffey? Uh, well, 1950, he was born in 1916, so 1950. Oh, yeah. Be, what, 30, 36? 34, 34, yeah. 34, rather. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Born 1916. Um, He's deceased now, is he? Oh, he yeah, is, he yeah. died in 1973, yeah. Be, well, uh, but the, yeah. Um, but the thing I was going to say to you there, my aunt started to saw that's my dad, her, her brother, okay. and got on to the Irish press. And they then had, uh, on, on August the 12th, they had news and brief. I, I looked this up in Pear Street Library, you know. Oh, great, yeah. I found uh, Mr. Thomas Kenny, uh, I won't say his address, was concerned oh. with three others in the rescue of 11-year-old Michael Hand who fell into the Liffey at Boat Bridge last Monday. Kenny okay. went away without giving his name. Okay. As a boy of 16, he had saved another person from drowning. Now, I knew about that one as well. He but, said, uh, he, said he, he was involved in another separate rescue? Yeah, he lived in Townsend Street. Okay, right and around I, the corner I, there, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think what I, the story I had was there was a, a, ch- a, ch- a young person going to a boat somewhere. They obviously mm-hmm. swam around there, you know, and uh, the young fellow fell in and he helped them out, you know. It wasn't Never too much said about that, you know. But, Later. And so, was, was your father a good swimmer, Paul? 
I, I am, well, he tried to tease me out this win, but he, he didn't succeed. Uh, yeah. I think he probably was, you know. Sounds like it was. Stay with us, Paul. Angela Clancy from Ringsend, uh, Raytown in Dublin. Angela. Hi, how are you doing, Joe? Um, you want to talk about your brother. I do. I want to just talk about my brother, John. My brother, John Clancy, who, um, he lived in Galway, and he sadly passed away eight weeks ago tomorrow. Ah. After a very bravely fought and courageous mm-hmm. illness. Um, but um, he um, got a bravery award in 2015. Okay. He went up to Dublin Castle to support him. And um, his story was he was just walking along the Cadda, having a walk, and um, down the Cadda Basin there in Galway. And mm-hmm. it was dark and that. And he just noticed some um, turbulence, let's say, in the water. And he notice a woman had was in trouble uh, had um was in the water mm-hmm. so um he just without any hesitation he there was other walkers there so we got them to call the emergency services he took off his jacket and without a thought uh, for himself or anybody he just jumped in and he managed to get her over to the steps and get her up onto the steps and um saved her life really um i know her family uh, you know were Eternally grateful for him and contacted him afterwards too. Oh, lovely. And, the, uh, and, and John, God. your John got a bravery award. He got a bravery award in, two, award in, in 2015 two, two, in Dublin yeah. Castle. He did indeed. And we yeah. were very proud of him then, as we yeah, are now. Absolutely. So he was, absolutely. Um, John was our only brother. And um, one of six girls and him. Um, and my mum is still alive. So he's very sadly missed. And today we're remembering him. Okay. I, I certainly am. Listen to your your show and all the wonderful people that are getting awards today. And Angela, your your brother got a bravery award. Paul Kenny, did your father yeah. get any get any recognition? Funny, yeah, funny that one there. Uh, when uh, he got he got a from the Department of Justice. Okay. I'm looking at the date on this. It's uh, Nullik 1951. Okay, which is sometime after 1950. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he was this person is, was directed by the Minister for Justice to state that he has decided to make you an award this was to my father mm-hmm. uh, of six pound to uh, to uh, compensate you for damage yeah. caused to your clothing so he got the price of a new suit <laughs> on the 7th 7th of August 1950. Well, as you heard, Fred Cochran, his new his new, new three piece suit, he was only 15, suit. was destroyed. And he had to wait 73 years to get a bravery award thanks to his daughter yeah. campaigning for him, which is brilliant. Um, but your your father, he got, a, he got the price of a new suit, six pounds. Yeah, a year later. But uh, I'm just thinking of myself, but it says in one of the articles, Kenny left the scene, right? Mm hmm. And I wonder where did he go in his wet suit? Round <laughs> back around, I no. say, round to Town's End Street. <laughs> no, well, he, well, yeah, well, we lived in East Wall, so I no, don't know whether he walked home or what. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I often wonder, and, and I never, never thought of asking that question. You know. Okay. I'll have to. See what well done. So your yeah. father, you know, at what? least he jumped into the. He, he saved someone from someone from two people yeah. from drowning. What, what yeah, it, that's what I'm. I'm interested in is is the Michael Hand and there's another chap mentioned who Michael Hand was eleven, yeah. and uh, the other chap was Paddy Paddy Fagan, fourteen, from Lower Gardner Street. He was swimming there, so he was involved. And just wondering that those people alive, you know, yeah. like, they might get the full story from them, you know. Well, there was a very fan. I'm just, that, I'm just that, curious yeah. if they were okay. listening, you know. Okay, okay, right. we'll try and find out. Yeah, Paul, well, John, uh, John, Angela, uh, yeah, a man, but he lived in Galway, and his wife and kids are there now, so all remembering him today. Okay. Well remembered, well remembered, Angela. Good to meet you, Angela Clancy and Paul Kenny. Joe at RT.ie, 51551. Remember, our self-published uh, books, 
uh, uh, two programs are coming up uh, in the next five weeks. Uh, post your uh, books to uh, Liveline, RT Radio, uh, Dublin 7 and put the details uh, on the book. Not in the book, but on the book so they cannot be uh, separated. And we, and we don't, we don't, uh, we don't send back books because we just wouldn't have the facility uh, here to do that. We give them to a charity. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Another heroism story. Pat Downey. Pat, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Good. Tell us the story. Well, my dad was a docker back in 1955. In Dublin. And and the B&I ferry used to come off down the docks, the far end of the docks. And yeah. the car ferry used to come off, the cars used to come off and drive up the the keys. But uh, mm-hmm. the driver uh, was picking up his daughter. And okay. on, the way, on the way back, uh, the driver actually took a turn, a bad turn, either a stroke or something like that. And he drove the car into the lippy, which his daughter, wow. in the car. Wow. And my father and another chap. Now, the other chap... Uh, I, his name excuse me. I think it was William McGibbons, I think. Okay. But um, the two of them uh, got in the water anyway. And as they got in, the, la- the girl of the car came to the surface. So they saved her. And the, my dad went down after the driver, but his foot was stuck. Wow. Uh, and he couldn't get him out of the car. And the driver, unfortunately, passed away. Okay. Uh, but the lady was saved and brought to... Um, Jervis Street Hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the story. It's just a your well, story that's, that's that you. Ex- well, well, yeah. To jump into jump into Liffey, oh, and, to, actually, and to actually get someone out of a sinking car is some achievement. Yes, yes. Whether the car now was on the, the on the um, bed of the Liffey at the time, wow. uh, because it, obviously when the girl was coming up. They um, got brought the girl to safety, and um, then they went back down to try and get the man. So uh, they, they obviously couldn't get the man. So I've, this is stories, obviously, my father told me as I grew up, you know. So 55, you say the daughter that was rescued was 21. She was 21, that's correct. So then she'd be in her 70s now, wouldn't she? She'd be uh, um, 70. She, well, yeah, well, I'm 68 now, Joe, and I was born 1955. Okay, well then, should add sixty-eight to twenty-one. You've got eighty-nine, but you heard Fred earlier, and lots of people, thankfully, thankfully, yeah. hail and hearty and in full voice, at yes, uh, six, yes, uh, at sixty, sixty-nine. So that was uh, yeah. Dublin Docks, nineteen fifty-five. Uh, yeah, I was say, in the uh, evening press at the time as well. Uh, yeah. I have a, a cutting of the evening press somewhere. Um, of uh, the the article at the time it was a big article at the time, mind you. <clears throat> just don't give out the, for, the full name just give out the surname that's all it's a oh, long, it's a long time name. ago yeah I'll, McClenahan McClenahan okay okay well, please yeah God. McClenahan please and, God she um, went on to live a long life yeah yeah, yeah Ava, hopefully she did you know uh, she might be listening to this as you say Joe or yeah. you know uh, but I was saying my father never made anything well, did he ever get it. did he get a bravery award even get a new suit out of it no, he didn't. Yeah. No, he he got a certificate and a gold watch, Joe, which I have. Okay. Uh, was that from the B and I or from? No, that was from. Um, uh, probably probably from? the that Irish was... Association of uh, the Irish Water Safety Association, something like that. But anyway, he did he did great work. That is some achievement getting getting someone out of a, a sinking car. Uh, Absolutely, the two lads so, done a uh, tremendous job. I mean, the bravery. You do. When I think when something like that happens, you just do it. Uh, just do uh, it, yeah. Automatically, Joe. You know, you okay. don't think about it. You just do it. He was a great swimmer. Now he oh, was a strong man. swimmer. Great. And uh, he, he used to he used to tell me a story about him jumping off the Rings End Bridge uh, when the tide was in and having a swim around there. Yeah, That's where he was from down that end. All, you can know? all swim down in Ringstown, down in Raytown. Um, that's right, okay. yeah. Pat, uh, Pat, thanks yeah. indeed. That's Pat Downey um, uh, remembering his father. Let's go back to. Well, Sean wants to make a point about the age seventy, and um, and why breast cancer. Um, as far as sorry, why breast screening ends at seventy. Now I'm looking at the uh, NHS uh, breast screening um, 
uh, site there during the ad break. Uh, women over 70, this is what they say, this is the reason why they stop. Women over 70 are still at risk of breast cancer, but we do not routinely invite these women for breast screening. This is because there's no scientific evidence that screening in these older women brings them more benefits than harms. That is why some national research, this is in the UK, called the Age Extension Trial is taking place. It involves inviting half of all women aged between 71 and 73 for screening. And they're going to do, they're going to weigh up. They say the evidence so far is that the that the uh, benefits do not outweigh the harms um, if for breast screening over 70. Now, Sean, you want to make a point. About men. Hello, Joe. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, this. Well, no. This is men and women. Okay. It's in relation to uh, bowel screening. Again, we have the ads. If you're between, I can't remember what the lower age. I'm in the upper uh, yeah. part of it. To up to, I think it's fifty to sixty-nine. Uh, so uh, at sixty-nine, will my risk go away, uh, or is it just that uh, uh, I'm not worth? Uh, taking account of that if I develop bowel cancer, it doesn't matter. Uh, it, uh, you know, the, I don't see what harm can mm-hmm. come to anyone through screening and uh, particularly uh, bowel screening, of course, when you think about it, it must be one of the least expensive because people take their own sample and send it in by post. Yeah, but they say, uh, I'm going back to this this NHS website, they say, as I want to go back to, I'm sure it applies to men as well, but in this case, the women obviously with breast cancer. As women get older, over overdiagnosis becomes more common. So it is more likely that women over 70 could have end up having treatment they do not need. It is your choice whether or not to be screened. Um, so it's, it's I... I I presume what they're saying is they do, they don't want to be scaring people over seventy. Is that what you? Well, if you, if you have the, if, if, well, if you have the choice, I don't know. I haven't gone into the reasons. I'm just raising the point that it also concerns bowel screening, and that's for men and women. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, if you have the choice, uh, you know, of going in and knowing the risk and uh, whatever. Uh, you know, you can say that for any mm, form yeah, of screening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, remember, yeah. as we discovered in this, screening is not is not di- is not diagnosis. It's not. No, no. But it's uh, it's alerting you it's to the possibility. To the possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. Uh, but it can it can lead. Uh, uh, you know, in in my own case, uh, my GP screening routinely uh, the bloods and. Yeah. Uh, over time, discovered I uh, have prostate cancer. So that's, ah, um, okay. uh, you, you know, it's uh, by by being alert to the fact, I now have the choices about whether yeah. to have treatment, okay. what type of treatment, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Okay, yeah. well, I hope that goes well, Sean. Sean Kinsler, thanks indeed. Kay, Kay, good afternoon. You Hi, did. Hi, Joe, how are you? Tell us your story. No, um, I uh, reached... 70 and I hadn't had a screen test since I was 68 so I asked my GP last year about it and um, she said you can go on a list you know to get it done or you can Mm. pay privately so I decided to pay privately so I went to James's and it was 180 Ah. um, to get it done but I mean were you waiting long Kay was a few weeks no not too long about two weeks I'd say Ah, okay and um, you know I was lucky I could afford to pay the price but I mean it turned out fine but I tell you I was very sore all over the Christmas after being squeezed in that thing I said to the radiologist if the men had to put you know what in there they wouldn't be change the the criteria of how you could get it done you know yeah well what do you think of the the and it seems to be the 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 the, the policy in other in including the HSE that is it worth it over seventy putting? Well, you say you 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 were very you you were very sore for a long time. Is it worth? I was, it? yeah, yeah. It was quite painful. What they're um, saying is, is it worth it? Well, a lot of well, not a lot of people. A few people I know in my area over seventy have been diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you can check yourself, but like, do we all check ourselves regularly? You know. 
Mm. I just I think it's strange that everything for uh, older people stops at a certain age. You know, you feel like they've forgotten about you. Okay, now the breast check did say last year because of COVID and the screening obviously being suspended for a period. They were they were uh, offering fine, uh, f- a final breast screening in twenty in twenty twenty two to women who turned seventy during twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one, which obviously during the pandemic, but I'm sure women uh, women uh, know that. Um, but Kay, explain that process again. You go you go for the breast check. And is, is it normal to have very tender breasts for a number of weeks afterwards? Uh, well, I didn't realise that until okay. I was talking to a few women, you know, because I didn't have it that bad before. Uh, and they said, did you have a mammogram? And I said, yes. So they said, that's what it is. It's, um, mm-hmm. you know, the pressure on and, uh, your breasts okay, and makes you, them tender. You, you use the word, uh, uh, they get squished. They do. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds sore. It is so. Yeah, and so the pressure has to be applied to yes. make sure the mammogram is is completed. Yes. It has and how to long be. how long are your breasts being squished? Uh, well, they do it fairly quick. You know, they just have to get it all in there to make sure okay. they're getting the whole. Okay, five minutes, off. ten minutes. Um, probably yeah, about well, maybe you know when they put the pressure on it, just a couple of seconds maybe. Okay, but it is it is significant pressure. It is. Yeah. Okay. It is. And you can't, when, when, you, when you begin to feel the pain, can you pull back, so to speak? Or no, no ha- because no. you'd have to get it done again. You uh, exactly. The, the x-ray uh, exactly. would be faded. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and you got the all clear, which most women do anyway. Thank That's goodness, great to yeah. Be okay, okay. Yeah. Mind, mind yourself. Uh, Joe at rt.ie, 51551, text Bridget is in Limerick. Uh, Bridget, Hi. Your, Hi, your observations, please. Um, yeah, I, Joe, I had cancer uh, 13 years ago, uh, okay. breast cancer, and uh, I was having a mammogram. Now, my story is different. I I, I was cured from cancer, but I still have the mammograms mm-hmm. because I believe the doctors have a big part in in the healing process as well. I don't dismiss doctors because God oh, healed sure. me, but, but I was due my mammogram this year, and I happened to be in the hospital, and I just said, I checked in to see what what date my mammogram was due. I knew it was due in July, but I always said you don't, you're not, you're not down to the mammogram this year. I said why? Because you're over seventy. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, why? And uh, or I said the government decide that I don't have a mammogram when I'm hit seventy. And so they they went off anyway. And I said to my my consultant told me that I'd have to have one till I was seventy five. And uh, they did eventually go away and they did get back to me. Now they sent me out. I was away when I got the the, um, the uh, appointment in July, but I didn't have it. But I'm not worried, as I said. But I'm just saying this for, for other women. This is wrong. You should, why, when you turn 70, you should have a mammogram. Well, I, I'll re- well, I'll read from the HSE breast check site. Women over 70 are still at risk of breast cancer, but we do not routine, routinely invite these women for breast screening. This is mm-hmm. because scientific evidence does not show that continuing to screen women over 70 has more benefits than harms. Now, as, as Mrs. Higgins, Mrs. Bean Higgins pointed out in her statement yesterday, the risk of getting cancer over 70 increases by 36%. Yeah. But the HSE mm-hmm. and yeah. indeed the NHS saying it's... What, what are they saying? It's too intrusive, too invasive. It's not... It's not. No, these are my words, not theirs. But, but um, I'll, re- I'll repeat theirs. This is because scientific evidence does not show that continuing to screen women over 70 has more benefits than harms. So what are the harms in screening women over 70? One paragraph I read earlier said there is a there is a greater risk of overdiagnosis over 70. So in other words, would you be scaring people unnecessarily? No, absolutely not, no. Yeah. Um, and and the, it doesn't, there is, I know there's a certain amount of radiation involved in it, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, having a mammogram my God, it's like, it's nothing. I know that other lady had um, problems, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, and I do have a lot of breast tissue there, so my breasts would be sore all the time. Okay. But 
mammogram, yeah, the, the, it's for a second, a couple of seconds, it's that, and it's gone. It's over and done with, you know. But I, as I said, I'm just not speaking out for myself. Just for other women who, you know, who are, you know, the government decide, well, you're, because you're 70. And mm-hmm. it's nothing just in that. It's in a lot of things, you know, because you're a certain age, that you've forgotten about, really. That's just what I wanted to make point. The point I wanted to make. So. Yeah, but I also, uh, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to s- scratch around for reasons here because we haven't got a, a full explanation. But I'm also conscious that when that everyone over seventy gets a medical card, now would, would they say? Yeah. Would, they, would they argue that that would cover a private hospital? It wouldn't, would it? No, I, well, I don't know. I don't no, think so. I don't so. think so. No, think no, so. It, wouldn't. it wouldn't. No, no, no. Yeah. No, because okay. my sister had to have one this year and she paid for it. Yeah. And do you know how much she paid, Bridget? Oh God! You know I really don't. We heard well. We heard one price of one eighty. Yeah, in around around that. Yeah, in around that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, kind kind regards as always, Bridget. Thanks, as Bridget in County Limerick, Debbie. Debbie. Hello, Joe. How are you? You got a letter yesterday. I got a letter yesterday from the cervical check. Okay. To say that they they had increased it up to sixty five. So I'm now entitled to. A free smear test. Okay, One free smear, smear test. test. Okay. Um, now, they, they used to cut you off at 60 and then they changed it okay. to 65. And because I didn't get that one between from 60 to 65, they're now giving me one free one. Ah, and what so, do you mean? Did you have to pay before, or you mean, you mean no, one, one, no, I, one extra one, one bonus? One, one other one. No, no, I yeah. have. I always had a free, like the the breast check, the cervical smear, and now I'm on the brow brow screening, and they're all free. The government provides all them free, yeah, yeah, yeah up to certain that. ages. But the whole thing, Joe, is them cutting us off at certain ages. Like I'm sixty eight, hmm. like. It's, you nearly feel like they, you get to a certain age and you go, oh, well, you don't matter anymore now. We don't have to worry about you. And talk about giving us a fright. I'd rather get a fright than be dead from something they didn't find. Okay, okay. Do you know? Okay. It's a good way of putting it. I'd rather get yeah. a fright, Debbie. Write this down. Yeah. I'd rather get a fright than be dead from something they couldn't, they, they, they couldn't find. Yeah, they didn't scream for, you know. I'd rather get a fright than be dead from something they didn't scream for. Well said. Yeah, yeah. That's it, Debbie. Um, yeah. Okay, mind yourself. Mind okay. yourself. Thanks again. Uh, All right, bye. C- Celine and Debbie's appointment is in a couple of weeks. Celine Gleeson, Celine. Hi. What's your, your story, please? My story is in June 9th, I went for a mammogram at lunchtime. Okay. And when, when I went for the, for the test, it was around work. And on the Monday morning, I got a letter to say that I was to be in Simpson's Hospital on the Tuesday. Okay. I knew when I got the letter, so I had cancer. And the analysis test, the doctor knew that I knew because it was too quick. Now, I, up to, I say, uh, because of COVID, I didn't get it. And then I got one. And I explained to the girl, she told me this, and I said, no. I can't have this. My neighbour, I can't have him back after 30, 13 years. Yeah. And my mother-in-law, she died, and there was a coroner's report when we had to go in. She, she her cancer came back after 36 years. She was attending James, and nobody picked up on that. Also, we had a bell test two years ago, okay. and something came in that, and I hadn't seen her. I feel like everybody... You do need to do it yourself because I feel that when you come to seventy, that's okay. Celine, it's, it's so unfair to you because your line is is um is deteriorating. But I read out, sorry, Celine, but I read out what you, what you, what you text us in. Uh, breast cancer two oh nine, as, as Celine just said. I was age sixty nine. I was told it was my last free mammogram. Um, but uh, Vincent's did the extra mammogram at 70 for free and they told her, they told Celine they would continue to do so for free uh, as she had raised uh, the issue, which is which is a good solution. Uh, back to uh, heroes, heroes. Um, uh, Richard Clark, Maynooth, a survivor. Yes, Joe, I'm a survivor. I heard you talking earlier about 
people wondering had yeah, people or parents yeah. that's the word, yeah. So tell us well, what happened. Well, back uh, in 1955, I was three years old. I lived with my grandfather beside the, in the lockkeeper's hut at Bingsbridge in Dublin, in Drupcondra. Okay. And I fell into the canal right beside the lock. Okay. Uh, I was out playing with my cousin. And a um, few people tried to save me. There were some ESB men out there building a new substation just up the canal there. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get me. But there was a young man, and his name was Paul Jackson. Okay. And he was cycling home from Belvedere College. Right. Uh, along the canal, and he seen the... the Commotion. The, the commotion. And uh, he jumped in and saved me. And the story goes there was nearly 10 minutes in the canal at that stage. Wow. And you were and only, you were three years of age. Three years of age, yeah. Wow. 71 now. And you so, remember, do you remember anything? No, no. I often told stories about seeing Spanish ships and all down there, but no, I never did. I don't really remember. <laughs> At the bottom of the, I, I, the I old triangle. Really yeah, all along the banks know. of the Royal Canal. And did I, you... I, I, do rem- I do remember, sort of, I have the sort of memory of waking up in Temple Street Hospital because of the fire brigade ambulance or whoever came yeah. and took me to Temple okay. Street Hospital. But, and, uh, and no lasting effects? No, that's what I'm aware of. And can no. you, and can <laughs> you swim? No, and would you believe I never learned? I never, I never learned to swim. Well, have you fear of water? Not really, no. no. And my my son, my son uh, trained as a lifesaver. Brilliant. uh, And by the way, who who was minding you when you fell in the canal? Who was supposed to be minding you? There's a story now. The reason I was out playing on the banks of the canal was the the lockkeeper's hut. Obviously, was right beside the canal. My an aunt of mine had come over from England. And I was playing with one of my young cousins, one of my English cousins. And when I fell in, he rang it. He ran into the house saying, "Richard is in the water." Okay, Richard. Anyway. And uh, they thought I was just playing in puddles or something. Thank, thank God for Paul Jackson, fourteen years of age, yeah. in nineteen fifty-five, from Ballymun, well, cycling home from Belvedere College. I wonder where he is now. Hero. Well, well, well. Point well made and well remembered, Richard. Dave Kenny. Okay. Dave Kenny. How many people did you save? <laughs> Joel, um, thanks for ringing me. But uh, I, yeah, you never know. I I, I was hel- helping in a rescue okay. uh, where there were five people involved wow. in Anstone in in County Waterford. Uh, well, I've heard that name before, 60s. haven't I? Yeah, I've heard I've heard Anstown, Anstown before in terms Anstown, of it's a lo- lovely beach. Yeah, there's yeah. a rock. There's a rock uh, that. Uh, okay, so what, so what? So what had happened to five people? Well, there were four people went out to swim and the tide was coming in, so they decided to clamber up on the rock. And somebody, just, uh, they got stuck on it and uh, they weren't strong swimmers. And uh, somebody went out with a rope that was being fed out from from the beach by three people and uh, he got into difficulties and climbed up on the rock. So I was I was just passing by and saw the action, the kerfuffle on the beach. And uh, so I went out and uh, now I was a lifeguard at the time in Tremor Beach. So, oh, well done, uh, well done. So uh, it, uh, it was fairly rough conditions and I managed to pick up the rope and tie it around the rock and then got the people off this rock to hold onto the rope and the people, uh, the five of them held onto the rope. Uh, and as the the big waves were coming in, two of them uh, weren't able to hold on, so we had to go and help them in. And, but no, uh, no, the, no, no, there were no casualties. There were no casualties, brilliant, no. And brilliant. I got a lovely award from from the judge in in the local court. Super, and, uh, super, well was, deserved. Yeah, so that was in Anstown, County Waterford, in 1968. What age were you, Dave? Uh, I was 18. I was 18. a student. Well done, so, well done. I hope you're still swimming. I am indeed. Good I'm man. helping my daughter. She's a swim coach okay. in Tremor and I okay. help her. And okay. So, 
Okay, well Gilded done, well done, there. Dave. Well done, well done. Okay, uh, well done, Dan, and Thanks now. Caro here was on sound. Broadcast coordinator Shane Gavin, producer Javon Hogan, and the uh, series producer is Annette Egan. And Ray Darcy's next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.